Welcome to the Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, the tirade-filled movie debate podcast hosted by two film critics, cool dads, and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan. And I'm... <clears throat> I'm William Johnson. Ooh, nicely done. I don't know whether we're going... See, we're learning the tunage of the different Batmans, and you're on a, you're on a, you're on a wavelength there. It's not bad. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gents, we're damn glad to have you. Uh, this is all for tantrum's sake, where shared passions and high fives wash away any place for hate. In the end, we encourage you all to love what you love. But for now, the gloves are off and the hissy fit is on. This week, if you can't tell by the growling, you can't tell by the grumble, we're going to talk about the Batman. Uh, recommended by every, I don't know, walking and talking fanboy on earth. Our format is this. The recommending lover goes first. They will get five uninterrupted minutes to shower their praise and state their harmonic case. The hater will follow with five uninterrupted minutes of their own to present their counterpoints with any manner of intellectual scorched earth. After that, we will open it up for a shared conversation where the hissy fit really gets chippy and we'll spare you spoilers until that second half of our show. So folks, feel free to hang out with us between now and our little break. And then after that, Please make sure you see the movie before you dive in with the rest of us here. Will Johnson, hit your little grappling hook. You know, don't murder any parents on screen and let's go. <laughs> you know, um, I got to say, I really appreciate how you do the intro because uh, last week, as many listeners were uh, probably sad to know, is Don wasn't there. And uh, I had to do the intro. And um, yeah, I really did a bad job uh it was not it was not good uh because (laughs) yeah because i'm just i'm just not good at uh introing it i because i mean seriously we've had 50 this is going to be 52 this will be episode 52 uh you know you've done 50 of them i've done one so yeah you're the pro man i i'm leaving the intros to you from (laughs) from now on so deal yeah um, yeah so yeah are we doing well, okay? We, we who's who's the hater? Who's the lover? What are we? I I will step forward as the lover. Okay, so you go first then. Is that right? I go first. Yeah, let me get that okay, timer cool. set here. Happy to be here and get that rolling and going. All right, five minutes. Oh my, here we go. So I tell you what, this the Batman is. I can talk about it as a movie. Then I can talk about it as the event because there's if by itself just as a batman movie i came away super pleased i i really enjoyed the take that matt reeves has for it i really enjoyed the eclectic casting and the different pieces and parts that came into this it's been fun to follow along the way and all the production steps to get here i you know me i'm no i'm not a trailer guy so i was able to go into this very deep and very long movie and be completely spun for a loop and surprised with every step of the way and dazzled by the detective work and the deep drama and the mystery and the different character shadings that came along the way. And as soon as I think of that word shadings, I kind of get to that place where, you know, Batman, I, I think, I think of the Lego Batman in the way of like, I only build in black and very dark gray. And when it comes to, you know, Will Arnett and the Lego bricks that he chooses to make his creations out of. And when, when we do that, we look back at the Batman history of things and you can go far back for sure and, and get that. It that shades of gray thing tends to be that that I don't know, that that gauge that goes with how people want their Batman or how people enjoy their Batman or where 
they enjoy their Batman. And, you know, it almost like the way people put cream in coffee, you can keep it pretty dark or you can kind of put it really light. And I admit I'm a pretty flexible person where I adore Adam West. I, you know, I, I'm the Seth Rogen character from Neighbors where Michael Keaton is my Batman. Christian Bale does just fine. I like what Nolan can do as a technical filmmaker. I, I've really not been overly disappointed by <coughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I really have not been disappointed by any particular Batman. Uh, Val Kilmer's just fine. I like George Clooney, even though the movie's a, a kind of a different thing. Ben Affleck, you know, filled apart from a you know six foot three brick shit house kind of way. And we get to Robert Pattinson and we got the we have a dark and emotional version. And the the challenge will be for viewers is how like asking people how they take their coffee. How do you take your Batman? If you need a very cream-filled light, you know, cute and sweet caramel macchiato Batman, this ain't it. Um, if you don't mind pitch fucking black batman you, you this is your cup of tea and the nice part is and unlike that Zack snyder where visually it's a dark cup of batman you can actually see this one but i tell you what man the this is one of the most pushing pg-13 movies i've ever seen i admire that challenge and that take it went to go there um, it's obviously long and a challenge but man i i sat there just amazed by the lengths that they went to to kind of make this thing have some stakes have some risk, have some different challenges to it, have some dark characters, have some winning and some losing along the way. And, you know, Batman's not automatically amazing. And, you know, he's you can see the plot and where the movie's going, where this is kind of his, his second year on the job. He's still trying to figure this out and, and, and question whether he makes a difference or not. And it is very grim and very dark. And if that's the way you want to order your Batman uh, and you're okay with those shades of black more than shades of gray, this movie can work. Um, and that's just thinking of it as a movie. When you step back and look at it as an event or in its place and in its placement, that's where you can easily poke some criticism into some places where, hey, we kind of have like three current Batman in <laughs> the zeitgeist of things right now because things are started and stopped and things don't really connect or they just Warner Brothers doesn't know what they're doing. And they just throw shit against the wall and see what sticks. Because if we still have the Snyderverse that shows up kind of with Peacemaker and all the different, you know, we're going to have more Wonder Woman movies. We're going to have Flashpoint. We're going to have the Aquaman. We still have a Ben Affleck Batman out there. And if we're going to do the whole, I mean, now we have Robert Pattinson. And now that Flashpoint is bringing back Michael Keaton, we have a Michael Keaton Batman out there. And in a way, that's too many Batman. And you can, that's a fair criticism to say is that, had none of the Snyderverse happened, and this was 10 years after Nolan finished his trilogy, that's about as much patience as you can ask a studio to have before they go out and make another iteration. And so if this was if this was the only kind of Batman we had since Nolan, this would be perfect, ripe fruit ready for good harvest. But because there's some convolution out there of what this can be and what it's up against, and then, yeah, that's that's a challenge where... This is this is a lot of Batman. And I don't know if that's the right fit for things. And it's it's messy in that kind of way. So that's my five. I, I hope I sound like a lover at the same time, but it's I love the movie. I don't love the situation. I guess that's what I'm allowed to say here. Hmm. <clears throat> All right. Let me get my timer ready. Um, this is a hard one to try to verbalize because. I'm not a hater. 
Um, <clears throat> I am kind of known for not really liking any Batmans in the movies. I, I like Batman Forever, and I like the Adam West Batman, and I like bits and pieces of the Tim Burton Batmans. I like a little teeny bit of Batman and Robin. I don't like any of the Nolan ones. If I had to choose, I would go with Batman Begins, I guess. Um, Batfleck is fine. I, I just... <sighs> this movie is not going to address... If you have problems with all of these things, if you had problems with Snyder, if you had problems with Burton, if you had problems with Nolan, if you had problems with Kilmer or, you know, or Schumacher, I guess, you may not find the answers here if you if you had a problem with only one of those or all of them, like I do pretty much. Um, the reason why is because, and, and, and Don says something interesting about the situation, is while I was watching this film, I was thinking, okay, the movie wants to give you certain things and expects you to know other things, okay? And the problem with that is, is that you, you get kind of an incomplete movie. Because what Matt Reeves and company is expecting you to go into is understand the essence of what Batman is. Okay, So when you watch this movie, you go in with your understanding of what Batman is. But because this is essentially a new telling, again, of Batman, um, you're expected to go down paths that they don't really explain. I don't know if this makes sense how I'm verbalizing it, but for example, you know, thankfully, we don't get, well, I guess, yeah. You don't really get an origin story here. So you're not going to get the the pearls in slow motion and the parents being murdered, you know, outside of the of the cinema, right? Um, but the problem with that is it just goes into Robert Pattinson being Batman. And like I said, I'm uh, an above-average comic book reader. Uh, many people know who Batman is. Most people, I would assume, that go see Batman films kind of know where Batman's coming from in terms of his psyche and why he likes bats and things like that. But this movie, if standing on its own, if viewed in a vacuum as it's supposed to be, because this is part one of probably a franchise, um, you really have the same problem that a lot of Batman movies have and a lot of DC movies have is you've kind of got this hard, edgy world with gangsters and violence and darkness and serial killers, and you still got a dude walking around in a bat costume. And it doesn't have any context to it. And that's where I'm saying the laziness comes in because the filmmakers are just going, well, you know who Batman is, so... You'll just accept that you got this guy in a goofy costume running around. And trust me, I'm not anti-superhero. You know me. I'm not. Um, and this is probably why I prefer Marvel is because they know how to not take itself too seriously. This Batman movie takes itself too seriously and doesn't do any of the necessary work, universe-building work, to justify a man in a Batsuit. And that's the problem when your movie is called The Batman. So, once again, uh, the villains upstage Batman, as they almost always do in all these movies. Um, I, here's one thing I will say is a positive, but also is so overdone that it becomes a negative. 
One complaint I've always had about all of the Batmans, with the exception, oddly enough, of Batman versus Superman, is that Batman is never being shown as a detective. And 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 uh, Batman versus Superman, they actually kind of have him being a detective, and I was kind of impressed with that. I wanted a little bit more, but we're getting off to the right. We're you know we're we're off to the races here. We're starting something, right? This movie takes that into overdrive and says, "You want a detective? You got a detective." And for the first twenty or thirty minutes, I was like, "Holy shit! This is like a detective story." Batman is a detective. But the problem is, is that he keeps being a detective so much to the point that you forget that he's an actual human being character, and he's just a detective. That is his primary reason for existing, as opposed to anything else three-dimensional. So I've already hit five minutes, and I sound like a massive hater, but I'm just saying, in the end, your movie about the Batman, kind of ridiculous, and that's not good when that's your main character. Nicely done. All right, ladies and gents, uh, please enjoy a short announcement from the Ruminations Radio Network. We know you've been scared watching horror movies by yourself. Well, now you don't have to. Hang out with Ruminations of Red Rum. All things horror, from movies to the latest spooky games we've played. Come hang out. But hurry. The killer's behind you! All right, welcome back. Well, I tell you what. I like what you said about um, just the... I mean, obviously, the you know the villains upstaging the hero is is definitely a case here, and and Paul Dano goes for it as Riddler, and I I personally am that person who did order the detective movie, and I was happy to have a yeah, very involved three hour detective movie. But you're kind of right; it's still the detective movie where there's a dude walking into a crime scene dressed as a bad, and that takes some suspension of disbelief. But I think, I, I mean, I'm. I'm at peace with that because I, I've seen it done enough times. I, you know, I Adam West rolling in with his car and parking it, you know, at Commissioner Gordon's, you know, office and rolling in and just hanging out. Like if if, if it could be done there, my suspension of disbelief has been pretty trained to take care of it. But you're right about the vacuum part. There, if you don't, I I I think Batman is one of those characters that's kind of a given where we got that origin story with Batman Begins, at least semi-recently, where if people need it, they can go there. But at the same time, you're right, and it's fair to ask, as a vacuum, how do you do this? And I think that lengthy voiceover from Pattinson that opens the movie is super helpful for that without having to, you know, like you said, re-kill some parents by a theater. And that, that was enough for me. Like, I, I didn't need more, but again, I'm, a, I'm cheating because I know. Well, right, and that's what matt reeves and company wants to get from you they they know yeah. that they can rely on you for that i i guess and i'm not saying i'm better than you but i'm just saying that mm. i guess i try to come into these things i'm very universally conscious right so like when i go into this batman and they've made it purposefully separate from what's come before right yeah. And I've had this problem with the Joker as well. Like Joker was a movie that they very deliberately said is not part of the DCEU or any other continuity. Right. Right. So I really try to go in and look at it as a vacuum. Yes. I know a lot about Batman, but I'm, I'm really trying my best to sit in the theater and be like, okay, who is this guy? Why does he do what he did? Why does he do what he does? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what's his motivation? And yeah, he has the opening monologue and stuff, and they have little hints of it here and there where yeah. it's like, you know, okay, they got, 
whether they want it to be this way or not, they got emo Bruce Wayne. And <laughs> this is true. It's it's a problem because and I don't think I, I think Michael Keaton captures this a little bit. Christian Bale captures it a little bit, but what you're trying what they're trying to sell you here is a tortured Batman. Like th- this mm-hmm. guy who is, you know, he's coming home. And he's got bruises all over himself, and he's not sure why he exists. And he's got the makeup running down his face. He looks like he's in the cure. And <laughs> it, unfortunately, it just doesn't quite hit anything because, like I said, you're missing. They're wanting you to fill in the gaps. Yeah. They want you to fill in the gaps for them so that they can get this party started. But here's the thing I'll use other comic book films okay. as examples, okay? The first Hellboy movie, okay? The first Hellboy movie has an origin story in its first 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. It tells you everything you need to know, and you don't have to sit through an hour and 45 minutes of seeing Hellboy gain his powers and test them out and figure things out and get his training wheels off. Like, it gives you 10 minutes, gives you necessary context of where this character's coming from, and then gives you an hour and... Uh, what, 50 minutes of, okay, this is Hellboy. You've seen where he came from. You got a little context. Let's go with that. Um, You know, or let's, if we go dip into the Marvel universe, you know, like you don't even have a origin story for Thor. Mm -hmm. And there's just enough context and background, enough flashbacks or kind of stuff that makes you go, Oh, so this is okay. So this is how Thor is. So, so he's yeah. prideful and arrogant, and see, his brothers. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. You don't have I to see. read a comic book or watch another movie to understand what Thor is all about. Well, I I didn't need that for this one myself because I feel like one that opening monologue to me does the trick in a very economical way. That opening mm. scene where he steps in, and my goodness, I, I, I love, like, whoever the sound mixer is that, that picked out the boot sound. You know, it, it's like, uh, it's the second best walking sound I've heard in a movie since uh, Antonio Banderas with those little chimes when he's Desperado. <laughs> you know, mm. which is like, you know, he's coming and you're like, God damn, here he fucking mm. comes. And I love it. Um, mm-hmm. But no, um, that opening confrontation of, like, I can't be everywhere. I, like, all the different lines and the, and the motivations, I feel like that was a that was enough start for me. And I also knew that, all right, fine. And some of this is the shorthand that comes with it. But some of that is like being only his second year on the job and being that known to be, I I kind of put myself with the gear shift of, well, then here, you know what, we're going to watch a very formative experience for the character where he's going to go through what we're going to watch for three hours, figuring even more things out and growing even more about what Bruce is, where he can figure out what it, where, and, and I feel like the movie I I like how the movie delivers what it can deliver in that department, whether it's the figuring out a little bit of the Bruce Wayne part and, and with Alfred's you know tutelage to kind of not just Alfred's very game for helping him with the crime fighting stuff and the detective work, but at the same time, hey Bruce, we started we start to get you right, and I still you know I'm still a yeah. father when he knows it, and then the evolution, of course, and I'm skipping all the way to the end here, but oh, do we want to put a spoiler warning. We kind of did. I, I, but I'll okay. still say it now. Like, Just in case, spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Speak now forever, holy peace. But by the time he gets to the end, and I'll say it in a vague enough way, where he switches from, I can't just be vengeance, I have to be a help and a hero. And mm-hmm. when that crescendos in the finale, that concluded 
the arc of the movie and at the same time you know it, some of the nirvana stuff that you know the music is back and like he has he has grown and he has shifted and he you know from the start that he had and and i i know how you use thor there for a second where this to me tells me more about batman than thor ever told me about thor where i can't i'm gonna knock you on your comp there a little bit but like this did enough for me i mean again i i'm cheating because i know but at the same time i'm also the guy who didn't watch trailers and didn't watch all the things where coming into this movie as raw as i did i got i got an arc enough out of it and appreciated one because if he's now in hero mode and in helper mode to go with the persona of the darkness and the tough guy and fear is a tool right where batman needs to be in the springboard is there to send him to to the next things and i like where that springboard goes well and i want to address the runtime and and i promise Mm. it will it will tie into the narrative as well so This is the difficult part about this movie. This is my other gripe about the okay. movie. Is we talked about Paul Dano doing a great job, sure. Uh, Colin Farrell, one of my favorite actors, uh, he does a great job as the thing. Um, Zoe Kravitz is fine. Um, you know, John Turturro is fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody's very good. Andy Serkis is great. I, they're all great, but the problem with this film, the way that it's structured, okay, is you can tell instead of making a singular film, they are trying to set up a franchise. Now, I get that. That's the way the world works. Yeah, that kind of is. But, but, but other franchises have done the same thing, but still told a singular story okay. isolated within itself. And, and the problem is, is you've got this great cast, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Paul Dano is great, but the the movie is so long that there are large stretches where he's not in it. Yeah. Same thing with the penguin. Colin Farrell like is like, oh, this is really cool. He's doing kind of like a Robert De Niro mm-hmm. whatever sure. thing, but then he'll disappear for thirty minutes, and then he'll be completely sidelined. You know, uh, and then and this is going to be. I'll give you a comp, and I'll criticize Marvel here too. Okay, sure, but. One thing that was being sold about this movie, especially by some of our friends as in Earth's Mightiest Critics, mm-hmm. was that, you know, this movie is going to be back to superheroes fucking, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> one thing that this movie forgot, just like Eternals did, is you can have people that look sexy, but are they sexy? That's the question. And th- question. That's, a, that's a major thing that falls flat in this movie is that you have... Selena Kyle, played by Zoe Kravitz, who is by all accounts gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Robert True. Pattinson, who many people love, uh, and also probably gorgeous to many. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they think that's enough to sell you on the romance, and it's not. Like they're not selling it. Like there's no heat yeah. in this movie, and any chance of momentum. And I, I'm tying this into everything, so I'm not just picking on the female character. Sure. What I'm saying is, is when you think there, there should be some kind of heat. Uh, it doesn't exist. When you think the penguin is gaining momentum as this villain, he disappears. When Paul Dano is giving you this kind of nutty, crazy thing that's a little frightening, yeah. he disappears. Like all the momentum goes away. And the major problem, and this goes back to the runtime, is you got a three hour movie. How can a three hour movie feel so empty? And I, I, I don't I don't mean it that negatively. I, I don't mean it that negatively, like it's empty, but what I'm saying is, is if you're gonna be three hours long, 
at least deliver on one of those promises. Like, I feel like it just doesn't hit anything out of the park. It gets things right. Um, I'll I'll contend to say, and again, maybe this is me mentally, I keep saying the word cheating, but maybe this is me mentally cheating where when they established Penguin as this, you know, second tier guy underneath the existing, I think it's Carmine Falcone, uh, underneath, underneath the crime boss that's in business here. And by the time this movie ends and, and Falcone is out of the equation and and even Selena Khan kind of says it out loud for kind of that extra exposition of like, you know, a power grab is going to happen because there's a vacuum of what has happened with this departure. And you can kind of and they and when they do that, the person who's on screen in terms of the reflection of that is Penguin, where right, it, right. this is your slow play, not to the point of like Lizard from the old Tobey Maguire movies, but if this is your Simon Baker's just going to get bigger as we go kind of thing, mm-hmm. I'm at peace with that. Like, because if you just go balls to the wall on three different villains, now you're Batman and Robin. So sure. Sure. If, if Penguin is laying in the weeds and getting established for what he can do and obviously getting tougher and tougher along the way, about what he can be in the future. And now that there's a power vacuum where part two, you got to think he's going to climb to the number one spot instead of being the lieutenant spot. And I like that. And it's, it sounds like HBO Max has a series coming out where maybe we see a very Falcon and the Winter Soldier level continuation of the Penguin characters rise to power. And then I think there's like a Gotham PD thing coming where, yes, that's been done before with Ben McKenzie and, and CW level stuff. But but um, but if that's Jeffrey Wright and maybe this Martinez character and a couple of these cops that are starting to emerge, I'm cool with that too, where... But but that's also giving a lot of faith that world building in a franchise is in mind. And then the same thing with Selena Kyle, where I, I got enough heat to start. Like, if this is their first introduction, where there's obviously the tantalization of where they can go, great. But I, that relationship in the comics and elsewhere is always, I'm happy that they're going the long play with that. And, and, not, just, and not just throwing them into bed in the first movie they've ever been together. And then the Riddler yeah. to me was... The rhythm to me was all encompassing enough that I didn't think that was shorted. Even when he's away, you know everything's being puppeteered and pulled by what he can do. So I never thought well, he was. Good. Yeah, I guess I don't mean. I guess I don't mean that I want like it to be crazy penguin and crazy Falcone and crazy Riddler. And I also don't want them just. You know, I don't want the characters just to be fucking. Like you <laughs> sure. know, but but I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're going to be three hours long. Give a little bit more context to it because I guess okay. So here's the thing: I'll talk about Selena Kyle. Okay. Um, I get no feeling that Bruce Wayne is into her other than like a lustful thing because he's like seeing this sexy yeah. girl change clothes and and that is fine. I mean, in itself. I mean, we I see Zoe Kravitz and I'm like, oh hell yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. but but they don't push that anywhere. And I get that there's a long burn, and hopefully they'll build on it in the future, but... That's my confidence, yeah. You've got to have something there to sell it in the future. So, like... I think think them going through what they've gone through to finish, you know, know, to get her to bury that hatchet and not kill, and, like, like the the Batman's role in her her finale in this movie, I think is enough to to light the match of the fire you're hoping for. And the long burn version of it. I guess, but the problem is, is there's a scene where she just unexpectedly just starts kissing him, and part of it, I was thinking, it reminded me actually in the comic books of uh, not the DC comics, but in Spider-Man when you had Black Cat, 
mm-hmm. who was obsessed with Spider-Man, but wanted nothing to do with Peter Parker. So if they had focused maybe on something like that, where it's like she's mm-hmm. like just drawn to this dude, like, but the kiss kind of comes out of nowhere to me. I was like, wait, they're yeah. kissing? Like, what the hell is this? Like, it, but at the same time, what would ba- I don't want to turn into a bracelet of like, what would Jesus do? But what would Batman do? And Batman, this Batman, even in lust, would turn it down and just be overly consumed by his role in his, you know, quote unquote job. I tell you what, if there's sure. one knock, if there's one knock of coherence to this three hour movie, I'll say that it has really close to that whole the knock I give Spider-Man movies where, and Batman has that too, where too many people are so conveniently interconnected Ooh, yes, when, yes. In, a, in a city of a zillion people. And, oh, and, and this movie and, has that with Selena Kyle's origins and places. And then of course, you know, the parents, you know, the, the Wayne family oh, where, ties are like, too, I think too many threads were threaded to, to, to want to connect everything together, which I get from a mystery standpoint, twists knives and adds things deeper and, and makes, you know, and definitely generates and creates stakes and gives the Riddler a lot to play with in, in a lot of ways where a lot of targets, and a lot of backs, but you've, you've overly connected maybe too many things together. Like, oh yeah. No, that Selena, what made Selena me Kyle, roll my eyes. Yeah. Selena Kyle should stay in Enigma and not connected to where they put her in this movie. Um, I, I, I'm okay with the, 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 the rug pull of the Waynes being a little shady or at least possibly shady or have their mistakes of shadiness uh, that the Riddler targets. I don't mind it, but I think that's in a three hour movie where there's enough people targeted enough people getting killed. Like that's one more thing. It, it, it does add up a lot. Uh, I could this see is that. the same thing that the Spider-Man movies had. And that's why they I, got I rid it. of this I is why they got rid that. of it. No, but I mean that they got rid of this in the Holland universe. They've done a it decent is- job. No, but they did so much. No, no, I'm talking about something else. I'm saying that, like, the Raimi Spider-Mans and the uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans, there was so much Uncle Ben. So much Uncle Ben. Like, and it was like, I mean, to the point where even Spider-Man 3 and Raimi, it's like, oh, the Sandman also helped kill Uncle Ben. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, and and basically, basically the Hollandverse had to just get rid of Uncle Ben altogether. Like, they don't even mention Uncle Ben. This is the problem I had with this, is I'm just like, okay, enough with the goddamn Waynes. The Joker couldn't get rid of the Waynes. Right. uh, Because the Waynes are in that goddamn story. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in the Schumachers, like in the George Clooney one, they reference the Waynes. I know it's part of his character, but you got to get to a point where just move on. Like, you got to move on and do a different story because I think this is different, but I I know what you mean, where different can also be, hey, elsewhere different you know right but i mean like like i said with the spider-man thing with uncle ben like maybe you see like you know uh some like a you know a couple initials on a bag or something but yeah to to make the main crux of this story a wayne story it's almost like yeah they skip the origin part of like showing them being murdered but they do you still have a big reveal of how they were murdered and that you still it still plays into his emotional set and his anger and all that. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's just like, just move on. Like, just, just have, some, have the Riddler have some other kind of connection mm-hmm. other than the Waynes, because now we're back. And this is yeah, literally you're, like you're, the, the seventh or- movie. Orphanage, the orphanage origin that they kind of hint at with Riddler. Like there, yeah, two, two, too many three threats. There. Uh, and here's another thing. Uh, it kind of in line with what you're saying about, people being so connected mm-hmm. is a lot, 
a lot of the Riddler's stuff is based entirely on convenience. Like, there's a, a, a lot of that stuff would be like, oh, th- like, thank God that person fell right in front of that light mm. <laughs> to bring out the light. Or, oh, my God, thank God that cop had a father who used to work on carpets and could tell you what that carpeting tool was. Mm-hmm, or j- there's just there's so many things that had to go perfectly. Like, okay, so. You know, I, the- I can tell the movie tries to flex that into Riddler being that good of a planner and that that smart. And I, I can buy that for a little bit, probably until you're talking about the carpet tool stuff. But yeah. Well, yeah, but also like, you know, well, okay, another thing like, OK. I know it's cinematic, right? But sure. there's a scene there's a scene where they capture the and what's what's that actor's name? that plays the D.A. He used to be in a lot of stuff That's and then Peter he kind of disappeared. Yeah, Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah. So there's this scene where Peter Sarsgaard is kidnapped and a bomb is stra- uh, uh, strapped to his neck. Mm-hmm. And then they, they the, the Riddler forces him to drive a car through a church. Yeah, in a funeral, right? In a funeral, but it's like, okay, like, you know, what if, what if the car, you know, went up the stairs and then, you know, accidentally ver, you know, verged left, mm-hmm. or, you know, what if like all the pews, all the, you know, uh, force of the pews stopped it early, like, yeah. it, it had to get to the exact spot it needed to get for the plot. I understand it, it was all a little bit too convenient uh... for me. And, but I tell you, that's kind of comic book movie one hundred and one. Like you, you, that's sure. I that's, guess that's all but, of them. That well, here, no, but here's the thing, and this is why I prefer some some types of comic book movies over others. Okay, is because you get to a point where uh, this is my problem with the Nolan films, and this is the problem with this film is that they want you to take this shit seriously. So if you're going to take this shit seriously, you better make something that could seriously happen and not be so fantastical. Like, I, you know, because okay, here's writing at the end of the movie where that gets. Well, no, I'm just I'm, I'm just saying you're you're saying that I'm overly criticizing the uh, uh, easiness of how all the Riddler's plans work perfectly. Yeah, a, and you're saying that's comic point. book 101. Yeah, but the thing absolutely. is, is but the thing is, is that this movie is trying to be realistic. It's trying, everything else is trying to be, no, because like the Nolan ones, it's like, it's like heat, right? That's what they want you to think. It's like heat. Right. Everything is, this, uh, the this criminals. Is this is seven. Yeah, exactly. And, but yeah. yeah, but that's the thing is like when I watch Batman Forever, mm-hmm. it's so absurd yeah. that, yeah, I can believe that's like crazy stuff happening because nah, like 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 but by the time I, that top mind sucking boxes on televisions i'll take a guy who can orchestrate bombs in a city to flood it like i'll take this movie's believability to the ones you're talking no no, no i'm not saying it's believable what i'm saying is is the movie's tone is so ridiculous that ridiculous things can happen without you blinking an eye when something that's supposed to be taken so seriously okay. and realistically has something that's ridiculous you go, well, that, well, wait a minute, that kind of defeats your purpose, doesn't it? Well, then I'll, then I'll say it like this for this movie. If you have yep. a place that is this corrupt, dark, and decayed, corrupt, right. dark, and decayed things happen, and even to this level. So I think it fits the setting. Like, it doesn't... It'd be different if, like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of what sunny finale would, would spoil. Like, I kind of like that Gotham is, is, is worse and broken at the end yeah. than where it started. Like, a different movie would be like, "Hey, we saved the day! Hooray, Batman parade!" And like, it's not that, thank goodness. So, 
Yeah, well, I'm I, hoping I'm, they deliver on that promise because Batman Begins did the same thing, where you know people were like, oh yeah, like almost right. well the fear toxin, and then Arkham, everyone got released, and like, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh god, wait till they get back to Batman in the next one, and then in the yeah. next one it was the Joker, and that sure that's a big, great character, but it was just Chicago, and it was just. Off like there wasn't, the, yeah. I tell you what, the Nolan movies made the cleanup of crime and the success of Batman too easy. Where yeah. between movie one, where you're right, everything should go to hell, and it did. Yeah, Batman right. made it through, and he's better for it, and, and origin story, all not. And then, it, you know, he he should be having a lot less success by the time the Joker gets there, because that's like what two years later or something like that. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, that that was yeah. a little too easy. Whereas this one, if they come back to just as bad of stuff as it already is here, and then you go throw in what could be. I we're in spoiler zone. The villain yeah. that's the villain cellmate that's next to Riddler. This could go somewhere nice and ugly. And I'm I'm at peace. You know, I heard something, and I want to address the two year thing because we keep talking about yeah. this as his second year, and I know that they kind of reference something about that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that's the case because yeah, some, somebody somebody well somebody mentioned something interesting. To, uh, that I heard over discussions in the theater, the press screening. Sure. Um, there's a group of um, kind of jokerish people, right? That are like, yeah. like, you could see them as being like acolytes of the Joker, kind of similar to how the Joker movie ends, where mm-hmm. people are like, oh yeah, we're with the Joker, right? Oh yeah. And then obviously Joker is in Arkham Asylum. So he's already mm-hmm. been kidnapped or captured. Yeah. I feel like could Batman in less than two years have already taken out the Joker and he's amassed that much of a following? No, you know what I mean? That the Joker is amassed a following or Batman is amassed a following? No, Joker, because it's it's um, it's it's made pretty clear that he's got a big like because here's the thing, and this is how I know it's not a one off gang, right? Yeah. Because they're trying to initiate that dude into the game. That's right. And they're like, hey, you need to do this. This is part of our rules, you know? Yeah. And I understand that there's six of them or whatever, but you have to right. imagine, like, if this is something where you have to be initiated in the cult, not only have you been around for a long time, that you have rules, mm-hmm. but there's other chapters or other people running around that are, like, you know, going in the Joker yeah. field. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I wonder if that's just wink and smile makeup work because the night is Halloween in the movie. Like, like let's, let's poke my, you know, poke the ledger card for everybody who's like, Ooh, look at that. That could totally like, I don't want to say misdirection, but I, I don't think Batman would have taken down the Joker in year two here. I, it sounds like he's just stopping street thugs and little citizen attacks. He's still considered a vigilante. Mm-hmm. And that also let's see what Joker gets unleashed. Like if this is the, you know, meat face tie on Joker. Like I know you can barely get a glint of Barry Keegan in there doing what he's doing, but like if that is like was that Barry Keegan? Yeah. Oh, I like it even more now. Oh, oh okay, perfect. Cool. Like I picture killing of the sacred deer Barry Keegan, where like, ooh, like twisted and calm and like just that guy will be a fantastic joker. So if that's okay, him, I'm, I'm down. I'm down with that. Yeah. It, at first, I thought it was Two Face because oh, but you, it, you hear the clown line in there, though, right? No, no, Come no, on. no. That that I heard that, and I thought, okay, this is the Joker. But then they were kind of showing the face, mm-hmm. and it looked like there was kind of like this massacred face on one side. Well, see, that's and what not I'm on the other. 
Because there's and, a Joker version of like 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 peeled off face mask version of Joker. Yeah. 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 And I and I um You go there. Whew. I, I yeah. that's why I thought it was two face at first, despite the clown line, but then sure. when he starts laughing, I was like, ah, okay, uh-huh. it's a joke. But for how dark this is and where this is going, they don't need to sell these toys at Target and Walmart right now. Like, right, right. Well, okay. Not that I would it. anyway, but damn, this is. Whew. Here's what I did not expect okay. from this movie is because it's so dark and serious, like you said, it's a very dark film. Mm-hmm. That moment when you have the Riddler and the Joker laughing together. That yeah. gave me major Gorshin and Romero vibes, oh, you know, and I was, and I was like, hell yeah, I, I dig this. Yeah. Uh, so I, I actually was surprised I got, I actually got kind of an Adam West feeling out of this movie because the rest of it, oh, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about this. Okay. Okay. So um, this felt a little too convenient for me as well. Um, oh, did the Joker so, and Riddler sell me? No, 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 no. The Riddler also amasses kind of a follower like QAnon, right? Yeah, he does. Where he's like, where he's kind of like, like, hey, let's go raid the pizza place for the uh, Hillary Clinton pedophile ring, you know? Right. Like, it, it feels very, like, it feels like very, like, commentary on our times, like how, mm-hmm. like, fringe internet culture can gain, like, a serious sure. following. And let's be honest, the victims that he is nabbing or murdering, he he's he's dropping bombs of evidence that say, you know what? Nice job, Riddler, in a you know obviously a twisted, horrible way. Sure, but sure. I can see that following coming. What what I meant was a little too convenient. Is that like you know he is like okay, everybody meet me at Gotham Square Garden, and there oh. was literally like a hundred Riddler followers, and I was like, yeah. that's a pretty convenient way to get that's bodies true. for Batman to fight. I was yeah. like, I feel like yeah, you'd get. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen the Capitol be stormed by a bunch of wing nuts. Bane with his League of Shadows people at the end of the third. Right. Movie. So, you know, yeah. I mean, that's kind of par for the course, but also felt a little convenient to me that he was that good. Like, I felt like Paul Dano okay. did a great... I'm okay that we got a villain that's that damn good, like, instead of just a boob, you know? I know, but here's the thing. I like Paul Dano a lot. I think he did a great job. Something that rubbed me off a little... Rubbed me off, my goodness. Uh, something that <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way... Thank you. Um, <laughs> ...is, you know, I mean... You know me. I, I don't like method acting. I don't like mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I mean, because we're looking at we're looking at this point. We we have lost someone who played the Joker because of their role. We have right. in, in Heath Ledger. We've had you know uh, Jared Leto torturing castmates because of the job. We've had, and I'm I'm talking about Joker roles here, but that's right. This role, this Riddler is so demented. And when Paul Dano was talking about how like it scared him. I, I was like, just act like you don't I, have to get, yep. you do not have to get so involved in this character. Just act like, just, yeah. just pretend like and seriously, you don't mean, yeah. something tells me there's a cast of people going that way. Like Farrell's the kind of guy who, who also kind of does that. He's been known yeah. to do that. Dano's already there. Pattinson's a guy who goes there in that kind of way where this, this had to be a really tricky set. Because I bet Zoe Kravitz is there trying to bust balls and, and be light. And I, th- I would assume Jeffrey Wright is a step up and, all right, I got my line, let's go. Like, I, I don't think of him as method. So, <sighs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. The, he drove was- me nuts, too. His character drove me nuts because he was essentially the character 
that was supposed to say, what does that mean, Batman? Like, that that's what he did, oh. like, 45 times. It drove me nuts. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're yeah. a police commissioner. You're supposed to be smart. Like, you don't have I to think- sit there and go, no, there's so many times when they would uncover a cipher, right? And he would go, what the hell is that, Batman? And, like, <laughs> Batman would be like, I don't know. And, or you know, he'd like, have an answer pretty quick because he, well, you know, yeah, he, you know. he solves riddles very fast. But I yes. just, like I said, I just feel like I'm getting shards of character as opposed mm. to full character. Like, here's another good yeah. comp, okay? Now, and this, this one's even weirder that it okay. works. But, like, okay, Fellowship of the Ring, right? Mm. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know that's part one of a trilogy, okay? True. We don't We don't know how many films are going to be in this Batman series or how many TV series or whatever. But yeah. You know, Fellowship of the Ring is a singular, uh, I'm sorry, a part one of three. Mm-hmm. Um, however, and I think this is why many people rank that film the best of the three. Okay. Is because with the exception of like, you know, obviously like the very last two scenes where like, you know, Aragorn's like, let's hunt some orc. And Sam's like, oh, thank you for, or Frodo's like, thank you for coming with me to Mordor. And then they fade to black. That movie almost kind of tells a singular story and fleshes out all of those characters enough that if you never watched the other two, you would still have complete characterization of everyone in that story. You know Mm -hmm. what, you know what Frodo's doing, you know what Sam's about, you know what Gandalf's about. Like you learn more as the, as the movies go on, you learn more, but you, you still get, fully realized three-dimensional characters you don't think and you got that here no no this is that was that was my main complaint i think it's okay. so busy setting up a franchise that it forgets to make these characters three-dimensional and instead it relies mm-hmm. on you going oh hopefully i'll get more penguin next time hopefully i'll get more selena kyle next time hopefully yeah. i'll get more commissioner gordon next time no i want them now I, i'm not being selfish for wanting them now Ooh, i want a I, character now I think you're being selfish, and and here I go. Maybe I'm easier to please, or I wasn't so overcued with stuff with with whatever trailers and stuff. But like, if the penguin I got is the lieutenant who you know was possibly an informant, and like his his involvement changing and growing as it goes, and now power vacuum, I know where he's going next. If Catwoman was the person who just was lying in the weeds, just trying to get to Falcone, found this place to do it got batman's help to get a little better about what she does finds a, finds a place where she's not a killer goes to new town to cause trouble springboard the bat i already told you pattinson's thing where like we have a batman that's turning you know trying to mold vigilante into hero and helper perfect springboard there gordon you could tell power vacuum wise would be commissioner instead of sergeant and that's mm-hmm. i don't need i don't need a, a badge ceremony or a medal ceremony to let me know that i'm smart enough to put those together and obviously you have where sure. Rither's going Rither's completion and where he can possibly go next and i got enough you know i i yeah not right, well, not to the full level of like hit the credits i well i also from a 3 hour standpoint i wasn't checking my watch I, it got to the ending and i didn't like oh they didn't they didn't tie anything together like I, I saw I saw springboards more than untied things, and that was that was cool enough for me. Yeah, I I will tell you what though, it actually took me a little bit of time to get into the movie too. Um, there's a yeah. there's an opening shot where like it's you find out it's the Riddler looking through a window. Oh, that that is a and, slow start. I agree there. And I remember at one point I was like, did I put my 
laundry in the dryer. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no there's no credits music or anything. It's kind of like an A24 movie. It just kind of goes Warner Brothers, Batman, yeah. and then go. Yeah. And I, I, breathing, you know. Yeah, and I was kind of like, and there was a couple times when okay, let's get let's get real. You could you could do remixes to this, and I'm not anti Pattinson, but there's a couple of like I said, he looks like he's from The Cure. There's a bunch <laughs> of scenes of him just sitting brooding. And you're like, where's the death cab for cutie music? Like, just, you know, like, <laughs> dashboard <laughs> confessional. Like, sure. like I was just waiting for the, uh, um, you know, I was just, I was just yeah. waiting for something to happen. And I did get distracted a few times. And I don't know if that's just because it's been a long day or I'm tired mm-hmm. or whatever. But, you know, like I said, pick, make, you know, pick and choose. You know, if you're going to do a three-hour movie, like I said, I want more dimension to my characters. And maybe don't focus on 15 minutes of the Riddler looking through a, a binocular. <laughs> I don't that know. Is, that is, a t- I mean, that's a slow boil opening. Be- now, I'm glad it wasn't just looking at the binoculars and then never kind of going anywhere other than that. Like, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad it was a very elaborate murder scene. And it's kind of the most, well, I guess we get more of them later, but like with that one being the most elaborate, that is a complete setup to, damn, this guy, this guy's for real. Yeah, there's and- a lot of horror, horror-ish elements that I appreciated. Mm-hmm. I, I got um, I got the Fincher vibe like crazy. Yeah, and yeah, and I I made a joke in the theater um, when we were watching because the movie is really dark. I know it's not as dark as Snyder or whatever, but sure. I mean, there's one point where there's like a hospital, and it's like you can see nurses walking around, and I'm just like, how are they not bumping into things? They cannot see anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like because it is so dark. Like rain. I, I, yeah. yeah, I get the dramatics. I get you need dramatic lighting and stuff, but at the same time, I'm just like, there's no way. Like <laughs> you would just uh, this hospital would have like one light in it. Like just relax. Like, but I know it's dramatic and it's and the film looks pretty good. I thought it looked I, great. Yeah, I think so too. And and if there's if there's CG, it's I call it light and thin. Like there's yeah, for sure. They, they they go reasonably pretty practical for a good bit of things. I think obviously explosions in some places where they add a little bit of this, add a little bit of that. But and of course, sure, we all the water stuff. But but no, for the most part, you go pretty CGI free, which is impressive for Reeves, who you know did the. I guess when other than your performance capture apes characters, I guess those Planet of the Apes movies aren't the most CG things in the world either. So that's pretty yeah. Cool. Um, here's one thing well, I will say. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'll, well, I'll go for, I'll go throw this in here, but love okay. Giacchino's score. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say that's that, that we can both agree on. The score was awesome. was awesome. It's almost like a, it's almost like a, um, wonderful, like greatest hits of all the Batman scores. And it's still unique too. Like, I felt like unique. I was, yeah. like, I felt like I was like, Oh, I'm getting a little bit of Elfman, but I'm also getting a little bit of, you know, uh, you know, whatever the sure. Zimmer and it, it it felt like it was paying respects to mm-hmm. the other scores while still being its own thing. Like, yeah. Um, so I, I did like that, but uh, one thing I was going to say, okay. I don't want to get your opinion on this is even though Dano is terrifying mm-hmm. on his own um, and the movie is dark on its own collectively, I just, I never felt any tension. Oh, um, see, what I... do you think about that? What do you think about that? Cause I, I was Edge never, Really? Because I was never tense in this movie. Like in the scene with uh, Skarsgård, you know, he's got a bomb on his neck. Like I never had this feeling that it was it could go off at any moment. Like, oh man, I, I, I never, I never had any. 
I just, I guess I'd never, and I don't know if this is just the power of Heath Ledger's performance mm-hmm. or even Jack Nicholson's performance, but even though Dano is scary, like the, the Jack Nicholson's and the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Heath Ledger, like they felt so unpredictable. You had no idea what they were going to do next. And this one it kind of hit to me crazy serial killer checkboxes a little bit yeah, uh, so i I, I, yeah. I got those seven I, I keep saying i got those seven vibes and i'm okay i'm okay with that those checkboxes because most batman movies don't go there and i'm i'm that's impressive on its own like and it and can you have a convincing villain you know and or just even be specific enough to say a convincing riddler where riddler was never going to be a physical opponent to batman so sure, can sure. can he be so indomitable with his plans, planning, plots, and puzzles, and the threats that he can make there to not just be Frank Gorshin and Jim Carrey, and that I, by the fact that he's willing to kill and does so, and does so in really elaborate fashions, I I was sold. The tension was there, and I, but I but I don't know what the trailers have done before this. So well, I didn't watch the trailers either. Believe it or not, I I only watch. Man, look at you. I really only watch like the Marvel stuff because I need to inhale that content into my body as much <laughs> sure, as possible. Sure. I dig through like every second of those trailers, and I'll watch a trailer here and there. And obviously, if I go to the movies, I'll see a trailer that I'm forced to watch because I'm in the theater. But yeah, you know, I don't. For this one, I did. I watched no trailers. I have no idea. Yeah. What's going on? I've seen a couple clips or scenes here and there, but you know, nothing, nothing like the trailer. So, I mean, if anything, any images I saw tell me it was going to be a dark movie. And and you said it pushed the PG thirteen. I really didn't feel that. I, I I didn't feel that at all. I thought it was actually kind of flat in a lot of areas, like okay. where it could have been weird. Like well, like I said, the Slytherin Kyle's. Yeah, what? they're not cussing up a storm. They're not going overly sexy, but like. The, like the serial killer vibe, like the serial killer things, and I know the rain and the mitt and some of that stuff blurs it conveniently, but like, right. and you get your one token F word drop, which was funny from the pretend commissioner or the first commissioner guy. <laughs> but oh, I, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice. Oh, yeah. But I, but no, like, that's, that's 10 years ago that, well, I guess maybe today we're overly conditioned where if this was PG-13 in the 90s, that's pushing PG-13. We'd have moms yelling at school boys about this. Because I think, as much as I don't like the movie that much, I think The Dark Knight has way more pushing PG-13 stuff. I mean, you got oh, people agreed. with bombs in their chest cavities. Yeah, totally and, agree. Yeah. Uh, this one has, like, you know, the thumb drive thing and mm-hmm. uh, some creepy imagery. And, yeah, the stuff is really effective. And this, this has never gotten old uh, since the dawn of the Internet. But people taking creepy handheld videos with masks on or creepy voices and stuff is always going to be effective. So that stuff was really good. Yeah. Um, I really like that. Uh, I don't know. I just, I thought, I mean, like you said, they're not cussing up a storm. I thought the action was a little muted. I thought there was no sexiness at all. I already Mm -hmm. talked about that. And then I just, I wasn't feeling the tension or the scariness really on a whole, like I didn't feel it was pushing PG thirteen at all. I thought they made too many safe choices, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, oh no, I, I'll, I'll take a director's cut of this that goes full R. It'd be fine by me, you know. Yeah, that, no, that I would be a full escalation. Oh, yeah. action wise, I, if 
you could tell there's a conscious choice here to be like, hey, we're going to go detective first, action second. And yeah, yeah. That, that was good enough for me. I, we all got our Batmobile scene, which was, whew, that was awesome. And I was, yeah. I, was I, I enjoyed the car. I mean, it's hard to top the Nolan Batmobile stuff for me. Oh, no, sure it is. Because uh, this, the, one, this one was actually edited well. This That's true. I agree with that. The Nolan ones, uh, you can't even tell what the fuck is going on half the time. But that's fine. I, Don't I worry can, about but that. Because I know the road, but still, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. If you know that road, then you know that when they uh, when the, when the camera goes from one side to the next, why are they suddenly seventy five thousand feet away from where they were before and Very on true. the opposite side of the road? Yeah. And why, when they take over the stock exchange, do they go in and it's daytime, and then fit five minutes later it's nighttime when the mm. motorcycles were parked yeah. inside the stock exchange? I mean, whatever. We, like we could be, the point we could be is, a Fast and the Furious movie where we have right, the well, no. fifteen minute runway at the end of Furious Seven or whatever that is. <laughs> I didn't see it, so I have no oh, idea. Oh gosh, the, the last Paul Walker one, the climax of the movie, like they're supposed to like chase down this like big C one thirty Hercules to like get on the plane. And it, I swear to God, this run, like the planes tra- going down the runway, speeding to take off. And the scene takes like 18 minutes. <laughs> and like, it's like, the, it must be a 45 mile runway. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And cause it's, but we're not that silliness yet, but at the no, same no, time, no. yeah, yeah. Brains assault. Cause we're in a comic movie. It's going to get a little weird and get a little fantastical. And- I, I liked some of, I mean, I liked some of the car chase. Some of it was a little, it, because of the darkness was a little incomprehensible to true, me as with true. some of the fighting. Yeah. I loved that. They had like, I'm assuming I can't see where this would be CGI, but they had a, they had a scene where when the penguin crashes, mm-hmm. it looks like they had a camera in the backseat and the stunt man, you're kind of seeing what the stunt man would go through. If yeah. he went through the crash, I thought that was pretty cool. And the explosions were great. Um, all the explosions in this were pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I just kind of felt uh, the the fighting itself, the physical fighting was a little muted. Like, I, oh, I, I, wasn't... I don't know, man. He's he's punching some people to do, like, I, I, didn't get, I, 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 I didn't... saw the brutality. So, yeah. Do you? How did you feel? Also, it's not as clean and as like the Nolan Bruce Wayne is like, you know, doing the Muay Thai stuff that he mm. learned from Liam Neeson and Qui-Gon Jinn or whatever pretend character we want to call him. I guess it's, you know, Raj Al Ghul. But uh, no, like for a second year still figuring it out, like the best I can do is some moves I've learned and then just punch your fucking face until you stop punching me. <laughs> that, I could, that's a rookie fighter and I'll take that. Hmm. Man, how did you view the film? Like what was your what was the setting for you? Uh critic screening reason not a IMAX screen or a Dolby Atmos or anything like that. Uh really? Middle middle row, halfway up, you know, nothing crazy. Nothing yeah, close, so nothing far. I was the same and I like I said, I just was I felt like maybe maybe it was the way they presented it or something. Like I said, I wasn't getting a lot from the sound. I did get the, the footsteps things, but yeah. I never felt like the crunches of the blows. I never felt any tension in the scenes. Okay. I, I just I, I don't know if that's how they presented the film. Maybe it was too low or something, but hmm. it just didn't feel immersive and capture me in. I mean, if I'll give anything to the Nolan films, the sound design is pretty excellent and it, true. it really captures you in there. This one just—I don't know. I, but, I don't want to sound like I'm hating it. I just had the yeah. same problem like I had with Dune. I just kind of was left a little empty, okay. despite the length. And, yeah. I, and I could appreciate a lot of the technical aspects. I think and, we're going to have people that are going to call Robert Pattinson boring here. It won't be me, but I think people are going to be like, "Boy, he—he's really going for the non-emoting thing and not a lot of raised voices and 
stoic and standing there. Not not as I don't think he's as much of a poser as Bale. And and of course Bale overdoes the growl, but mm-hmm. this was a nice happy medium. And I know and I don't think Ben Affleck ever got enough scenes to well, pose or do anything, but that's <laughs> yeah. I right, I guess closing thought, because we're coming up in an hour. Um did this movie earn enough for you to warrant I mean, we're getting a sequel. I'm sure this movie is going to make money, but did it did it earn a good sequel? Did it earn sequel love from you? Um, I mean, almost by default because I need more. I need I, I, there's enough. There, no, there is enough potential in all yeah. of this that I want more. Like, it, it's different. It's it's unlike, let's say, Fellowship of the Ring, where it's like mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. need more of this this is more like oh man penguin such a cool idea on paper riddler such a cool idea on paper selena kyle all right we got some cool ideas here commissioner gordon cool like all this stuff has that potential for me that i Mm -hmm. want to see more and see if they can deliver on that yeah um so i don't need it i want it but more, the want is more for a sense of completion, like a more of yeah. like a sense of uh, realizing your potential. How about that? Mm-hmm. That's I th- that's a great way of putting it because I keep thinking of like the, where the character's at, you know, this whole year two thing, and where potential is there. And of and I, I love. The, I think that what sold it to me was I, I the the closest place where I felt its length was like with each escalating thing that the riddler did all the way until the you know the big crazy flood thing like it just like wow this is still going huh this he still has plots he still has stuff and by the time we got like at some point i'm like man are they one are they ever going to catch him or two where where does this ever end because i know there's that they apprehended him and then there's that bluff of maybe he knows that it's bruce that it's bruce wayne and all that and like you felt like all right well if that's we've got him where where does this all wrap up and then, of course, there's one more big plot that he's got or can scheme or yeah, thing. Yeah, that was, yeah, I remember when they resolved the Falcone thing. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, shit, they got to resolve the Riddler thing, too. Like, I was like, yeah. oh, God, there's another 45 minutes left. Right. Like, I know that's horrible, but, like, it, 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 I know it's horrible to say, but at the same time, they made the Falcone stuff interesting enough that you kind of mm-hmm. got invested in that story. You kind of forgot about the other one, and then... Yeah, yeah. And then you were like, oh, wait, there's another movie still. So, but, but I'm happy that the big last scheme, which could have easily been, okay, now we're going a little far. We're flooding the city and doing, like, now it's getting not quite to the, you know, bridges and bombs of Dark Knight Rises or anything like that. But that, that, that scene could have went too far or been too big for its bridges in a hurry. But, sure. but because that scene brought out the hero part, for the character mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you know, obviously it stopped the bad guys, but then it saved the mayor and you know, rescued people out of the scene. And I love that moment where the first person who trusts him is the boy. I, I just a cool little wrinkle of a touch and the G- mm-hmm. score turns it down and gets quiet for a second. And uh, just, just a cool little part. And of course the mayor second and all that, but like the fact that we got that turn, not, I don't want to say turn from him because it's not like a, you know, a wrestler in a face turn or anything like that. But the fact that we got that part out of him, that was the springboard. I'm like, yep, I'm I'm here. I'm there. You know, I'm here. He's made it. I can't wait to see what he does next. So it, it won me over. 
We'll leave it at that. I because I I think I mean we could go into a whole other thing about how if he he shouldn't need that character turn because if he truly was all about justice and vengeance, mm-hmm. you know he would have been like that from the beginning because if he thought his dad was a Boy Scout, never mind the whole thing. Never mind, yeah. it doesn't matter. But okay, so you mean. liked it. I yeah. was okay with it. I, I just I I felt a little empty emotionally. Uh, and like the visuals, I, I I think it was kind of like Dune Part Two for me. It just I okay. I can appreciate it on many levels. Disappointed with the potential mm. uh, that was not realized, and hoping that just like I'm hoping with Dune that yeah. the next the next part will realize some of the potential that was there. Um, I so. I'm very curious to see where that turns out. You know, because they haven't sh- like unlike other movies like Lord of the Rings when when we knew Lord of the Rings was coming. They shot all those movies back to back to back. Like we we were very right. assured that something was coming. Avengers, yeah, Infinity War and Endgame was shot back to back. We knew it was coming. Dune, we don't. Like, is there some course correction that can be done? How can you make sure you pull this off without aging characters? And and then this this yeah, I don't know how many years you want to put in because this won't go through a Spider Man issue of like where Tom Holland just finished. Where all right, finally, hey, he's. Like we got three movies and how many crossovers to the point where Tom Holland is now of young kid out of high school in New York. Now he's probably going to go get a photography job and like finally be Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. This one has done enough where thanks to the shorthand of the beginning where he's Batman already. He can stay Batman and we're going to get, you know, we've got some Batman longevity possible without like, I don't need this to be year three. The next time we see him, this could be year five. I'll, I'll hope for something sooner because so. of what they said with Joker and Riddler, but still. Yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll see. We'll so, see. Yeah. I'll see it. I'll see it. I, unlike I, if I'm going to be hesitant to go into Dune 2, mm-hmm. I will be a little bit more. I've seen enough potential that I'm intrigued to see where it goes. Let's put it that cool. way. All right, man. So. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for sticking it out with us. Um, follow us on Twitter at CinephileFit and on Facebook at Podcast. Also, find me and Don on Letterboxd. Uh, we just put up a... Uh, or I just put up one, and maybe Don should put one up too. Um, uh, maybe I'll, I'll name mine Will's version and Don's version, but we did put up, just in case you haven't listened to all 52 episodes, and want to know the movies that we talked about, I have put a letterbox list together of our episodes so you can see oh, very how, nice. like, what, what we talked about when we talked about. I, I didn't include, like, when we talked about, like, road trip movies or right. those, d- those, deep yeah. cuts on stuff. I, I didn't, like, put all those movies. Or, like, I didn't put all the Spider-Man sure. movies in there. But so the standalones. Gotcha. Yeah, so, so it looks like we have, I think, about 40 or 41 standalone individual movie episodes. So nice. you, can, you can get the whole list on letterbox and you'll see my rankings so maybe i'll get don to do his too that way you can you can get us how we you can figure out who the lover and hater is based on our stars and you'll know that don has no half stars anywhere i do not uh thing um thank you so much for your captive audience and social media participation cinephile hissy fit is a 25 yl media podcast brought to you by ruminationsradionetwork.com thank you mitch please visit rate review and subscribe we are also on Rotten Tomatoes and the new Banana Meter. If you enjoyed this show, Ruminations Radio Network has way more where that came from with other wonderful programs. 
which you may have heard at the beginning of the show or during the break. An interesting host. I'm sorry, I burped. I apologize. Uh, so interesting host. I deserve You deserve more respect than what I gave you. Our show and others are available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.